Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. I'm Tyler Dunn here with my esteemed shopping cart returning, non-airplane budging, non-elevator entering co-host, Jim Monas. Monas, what's up, man? Where are you at? How's life? What's happening? I'm good. I'm down in uh, Bethany Beach, Delaware, visiting family, so... It's always a nice change up, good change of pace. Beach Town, USA. Get my crab cakes, my my Chesapeake Bay oysters. Puts me in a good mood. Puts me in a good mood. Just like the Carolina Panthers right now. In a yeah, good let's mood. waste no time. Let's let's get right to it because <laughs> I mean it's nice to have it. some news. It's great to have some news. This is a good. It, this is a good one. We all, we all saw this coming, right? It was it was inevitable. I think so. I think so. That Baker I, Mayfield and his 18.8 guaranteed million dollar contract had to be moved somehow. It seems like Carolina and Cleveland both wanted this to work. It was a matter of who would take what money. And so if anybody missed it, if you you know were under a rock the last 48 hours uh, Cleveland's eating a good amount of money. I believe, what is it? 10 mil. And I think I saw 10. Yeah. 10 and, by, something like that. Yeah. Right. Car- Carolina's only on the hook for three or four, four, four yeah. million. And Baker Mayfield's taking, taking a hit as well, but I'd imagine he'll get some of that back on incentives. If he hits it makes all the sense in the world for the Panthers the Browns are somewhat operating with their tail between their legs in scramble mode, preparing for Jacoby Brissett to be their quarterback, probably for the entire season. A lot to unpack here, uh, Jim, our resident general manager at Go Long. So let me give you the floor. I'll, I'll shut the hell up. Let's listen no. to the expert. What, how do you compute this all from, from a Carolina perspective? Because We've talked a lot about the Browns. Let's let's talk about the Carolina Panthers and their plan. What if I told you 
I kind of like the Panthers team with Baker Mayfield. I would agree wholeheartedly. You feel we haven't talked about this yet. So I was interested to see what your reaction was when I told you that. That team, this will be, Matt, if Matt Rule can't get it done, I think this is a good football team. I think the GM's done a decent job there. That defense is good. They can get after the quarterback. McCaffrey is, he's special, but where's the accountability? You know, can he be available? So, you know, obviously a lot of question marks, but for some reason, I kind of like it for Carolina. I do too. So there's two ways to look at it. I I get the inclination for, for most people to trash the Carolina Panthers quarterback plan. Like if you're going to handle the most important position in sports, it's about as bad as you can handle it. I mean, you go from signing Teddy Bridgewater to replace Cam Newton, your franchise guy for a decade. Mm-hmm. And then you trade for Sam Darnold. You trade away three draft picks for Sam Darnold, including a second rounder. Right. And and then you instantly guarantee you give him that, that fifth year option. You pick that up like, right, right away. And then it's- you trade up for Matt Corral. <laughs> Here's the thing. In the third round? Here's the worst part, though. This is a good move for Carolina in the fact that I think Mayfield, you know, is better than what they have. But what they have isn't good enough, right? So that's not the answer. Is Baker Mayfield the answer at quarterback? I don't think so. No, I really don't. It's not that I don't love Baker Mayfield or whatever. I just, I see him more as that you're always going to try to upgrade him at the position. Um. Darnold, Darnold, I can't, I just can't do it anymore. But, you know, the flashes are always exciting. And who's to say he doesn't win the job? I mean, at the end of the day, this thing can turn into a little bit of a shit show, what they have going. But I don't hate the move. I don't hate that they're trying to make a run. Matt Rule knows this is his last shot. I mean, that, and that's where we're in total agreement. I mean, I, I was dead wrong on Sam Darnold this time last year. I, I thought that oh, it was, Tyler, you know, was all Adam Gaze, all the Jets, just yeah. the mono, the injuries, he, the, he uh, the ESPN graphics. It was it was a, just a cluster, you know what, in New York. And it started well for Sam Darnold last season. Remember? I mean, he had, he had some moments. He actually ran for a few touchdowns. And then everything Promise just you. fell apart. And he was the worst quarterback in the league. It was it was just that fatal flaw. I always talk about fatal flaw, and it's official for him. Like that decision making and turnovers, you can't do it. Can't do it. Fifty two interceptions in forty nine starts, and in in addition to twenty nine total fumbles, uh, it's he's been a turnover machine, and that. I'm with you on Carolina's look. It, it, it was, it's not ideal. This is the absolute no. less right, than right. worst right. domino effect you could ask for, for any team at that position, but you had to get better. You have to fight for your job. And if you're going to look at this through the prism of, does this make the Carolina Panthers a Super Bowl contender? Of course, of course it's a failure what they've done the last few years. N- none of these moves have done that, but no. they're in that tier of, we need to keep our jobs. And if they get to the playoffs, 
right? If they, even if they have to stumble on in and what's a weaker NFC and Baker Mayfield looks good, like say he looks like 20, 20 Baker Mayfield. And you're now thinking about, okay, maybe this is somebody that we want multiple years, at least as a front office and a head coach and a staff, you can kind of hang your hat on something, you know, before this trade, they, what, where was the hope with this team at quarterback? There, there was nothing. There was nothing. So he gives them a chance to keep their jobs, Agreed. make the playoffs, and Agreed. at least have some semblance of optimism into 2023. They, they have that. They have that same makeup that I felt like we had in Buffalo um, when we were there. You know, in like 15, 16 like that eight and eight written all over it. Like we're, we're just trying to do the best we can without the true answer at quarterback, but we have a special running back. We have a special receiver and more. We have a defense. Like we had those things too in Buffalo. You know, we had those things with Shady and Sammy and a defense. So, I mean, it, and here you are, you're just banging your head trying to get that quarterback situation. Right. Yeah. I think you said it like this is the best, you know, Baker's going to give you hopefully the the best Carolina team you can put out there this year. I don't think the most optimistic Carolina Panthers fan, you know, somebody who's been there since Carrie Collins and Tim Bayaka-Batuka, like (laughs) give me, give me that Panthers fan, even that rare long-term Panthers fan is uh, not finding any shred of optimism with a Sam Darnold as the week one starter. Like you cannot even begin to talk yourself into And I get it. Like some national reporters were instantly tweeting after the trade. They still love Sam Darnold. Like he can still win the job. Like they don't, they don't like Sam Darnold if they're doing this trade and they wanted to do this trade. Like they know what they have in Darnold. They, they absolutely do. And so keep trying Keep keep taking swings at the plate. Like, what are you gonna do? Just sit on your hands and you, you can't make crap up at the podium that you believe in this in this no. guy. You don't you don't believe him in him. Like, make the trade. Do you think McCaffrey can do you think McCaffrey can stay healthy? Boy, the it volume I, touches. I, 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 he yeah. just has not been able to. I He's so good. He that's the thing. There's no problem with his game. At all. No, I mean, no. that, when he's, he's healthy, like, he's he is special. the most he's dynamic. Special. special, yeah. But let's pull up McCaffrey. It's it's just been health completely. I mean, that's what it's been. I if he can stay said. healthy, that's the thing. We can sit here and talk ourselves into Baker Mayfield winning ga- winning nine games, ten games. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that, that would be, you know, a, spe- a great season. I mean, a crazy season for them. Just like that's how we would have felt in Buffalo if we won nine, ten. I think it's realistic. I mean, you look at the NFC. Certainly do. Green Bay, Tampa, Dallas, Philly, um, the Niners, the Rams. I'll throw the Vikings in there. But, I mean, if, if Carolina's defense is a top – five top six defense, which is realistic. I mean, they've got a good defense to your point, really good. Then the offense only has to be middle of the road to make the playoffs and they can be middle of the road. The McCaffrey factor. I think it's big. 
When, I like it though. This is good though. This is um wait. So let me throw a counterfactual at you, Jim. Let's go back to the 2021 NFL draft when we had our live five hour, whatever it was, extravaganza with uh, subscribers. That was a lot of fun. A lot of drinks had, a lot of stories told, a a reason, a lot of reasons that we couldn't uh, include that extravaganza in the podcast feed. Jim, you were feeling it that night. You were feeling it. I know that there was some talk about the Richie happy hour not being aired as the all-time episode, but I, the draft, the, the first draft has to at least be in the top three somewhere. Of not it definitely being, is. Cannot be aired. Yeah, I, I think I said that the Richie Incognito go-along Zoom happy hour was akin to, uh, you know, the video in the ring, if you were to see it. I feel yeah, like bad things just would, would happen. Yes, if you watch it. it. Was, uh, all I'll say about that is we talked, we talked about the bullying scandal we talked about a certain instagram photo that jonathan martin posted let's not forget with guns tagging incognito basically threatening to kill him and we talked about that night um and let's just say i I was involved that night i I may or may not have been sitting sitting right next to richie incognito when that took over uh the internet and richie gave us the play-by-play and just another reason people need to subscribe to go along, right, Jim? We're, we're bringing him back. You know, I don't know when, but Richie has confirmed he will come on another happy hour. Chances are that the recording will not be uh, resurfaced on any of the podcast feeds. But if there's a way to subscribe, right? If there's a way that Whaley and I can join that, hell yeah, you're going to join. Richie, Get on in. He will, oh, he'll, it would be good. We're, we're going to get into it. He got into some wreck stories a little bit from training camp that were pretty funny. Yeah. They were tight. So counterfactual for you. Let's go back to yeah. that night, that draft yeah. night, 2021. And you were very, very high on Justin Fields. Yeah. Last, last spring. I mean, you studied that quarterback class about as close as anybody I know. I was in, and I was in on it. You're in on Justin Fields. And the Carolina Panthers are sitting there at number eight overall. So it goes Lawrence to the Jacks, Wilson to the Jets, Lance to the Niners, Kyle Pitts to the Atlanta Falcons, Chamar Chase, hello, fifth overall to Cincinnati. Hello. Miami gets Jalen Waddell. I mean, this oh, he's saw it's good, good time. Top heavy draft, yeah. Uh, Sewell to the Lions with fist pumps galore in that draft room. That could have been a Fields pick, yeah. And then the Carolina Panthers select J.C. Horn, who played all three games. So they're getting him back next season. And, hey, he might be very, very good. Yeah, he does look good. But you had a shot at Justin Fields, your guy, Jim Monas's guy. So, you know, a year removed, we can't say what was right, what was wrong, but there's been a hell of a lot of quarterbacks shuffling there in Carolina even since that night. Should they have just taken Justin Fields and gone all in on him? The inconsistency shows up in the front office and head coaching. Because why this year are you, now you're taking your shots, right? Hey, 
let's take our shot at Baker Mayfield. Let's, hey, why not? You know, this is, why not do that last year? Why not take a shot on Justin Fields? You had, I mean, there was no way that you can't tell me he was, he was perfect for where they were picking. Perfect. You know, let Darnold, you know, let Darnold play, you know, Hey, okay. You invested in Darnold. Let's see what he has. We're, you know, we're, our staff is, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're intact. Let's get fields to take a year, just like Mahomes had a year under Alex Smith. Let fields sit. Now let's go this year. Excited with Carolina B right now. Some fields coming in after hopefully he for the whole year. McCaffrey coming back. That is like, wouldn't you be, I was Carolina. I'd be pretty excited if I had Fields, McCaffrey, Moore. Like, I like their team. I don't think they're a bad team. I, like I said, I like their team. So I guess my point is that that was your chance to be the go after. And, and why aren't you in that mentality last year with those quarterbacks? And now you are this year. Like that's, that's why you yeah. have to forecast drafts, right? It's why you don't yeah, just have, panic in March. That's April. not a plan. Three, because they didn't pass on some field. They didn't know that they'd be Baker Mayfield. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know that. So there's no plan, in my opinion. It, it seemed, it seemed like a smart trade for Sam Darnold, j- just because it was so easy to crap on the Jets. Well, a terribly run franchise, a terribly franchise. I thought it was he gave up a lot, mm-hmm. but you get then you get into, into the draft and you're, I just, you just wonder where their head was at at that position because you had five quarterbacks taken in the first fifteen picks, and you're a team in those first fifteen picks that has handled the position, you know, about as bad as you can handle it. You know, they've been a bull in a china shop, just bashing around. They don't know what they're doing, to your point. And I don't know if Justin Fields is good, but you had a shot at Fields and Mac Jones. And you, maybe you could have even moved up and, and forced your way into, into the top three. Uh, and, and, then they, you're, and that gives you that job security. You can sell that you're building with a young quarterback better than you can sell what they've done the last few years. I mean, especially when, when you think about what Cam Newton meant to that city. And I'm not saying Justin Fields is Cam Newton, but he has the same um, – he can handle being the, the superstar. He can handle being the hero of that city. Like, Justin Fields has that in him. And I, what a perfect guy to come in and, and, you know, give you that leadership at that position that you need, just like Cam gave him. I, I just that you can't pass up. You can't until you find that quarterback. You can't stop. You know what though? In a roundabout way, the point you just made is why I also think Baker Mayfield can work in Carolina because is he a is he a pinpoint accurate quarterback? No, he'll be around sixty to sixty three percent. Is he uh, you know tr- traditional pick you apart? Is he six three? big arm maybe he's got a good arm but like it's it's all the other stuff if you if, if you talk yourself into baker mayfield like i do here <laughs> and like i did with scott McLuhan, you know we had that story a few months back on, yeah. on why baker mayfield could you know have a fantastic year with cleveland 
as we thought back then. Um, it's all that other stuff. It's, it's just that, you know, we always come back to our analytics versus just being a dude, being a guy teammates want to play for having some shit to you that when, when you need a drive, you need a touchdown, everything's against the line and you want that on your shoulders and you wear slights on your sleeve, all of that stuff. You kind of, I'm not anti-analytics by any means. You got to operate with intelligence when you're building a team, but it's not baseball. The game isn't played on a spreadsheet. It's not, you can't operate that way. At that position, I want somebody who is full of competitiveness and matters to them. And that's not the case for all quarterbacks. I mean, there are some pretty aloof quarterbacks out there that are unbelievably talented. Look, if you took all those intangibles that Baker Mayfield have, has and stuffed it into Kyle, Kyler Murray or somebody like that, I mean, Kyler Murray is somebody that's drawn criticism for being not the best leader, not, not the most vocal. But anyways, I, I feel like that's what Carolina needs. I mean, they're kind of a lost franchise. They're in a transient city. They need a face. They need a cattle prod. They need a Baker Mayfield that's just going to come in and mm-hmm. – say the wrong thing half the time, maybe grab his crotch to top an opponent like no, in mean, Oklahoma. Who knows? You don't know what he's going to do. But, hell, right, they're a, a, so, they were so wildly uninteresting before this trade. To me, now they are wildly interesting. If for nothing else, that quarterback room, Mayfield, Darnold, Matt Corral, I mean, if we could get a, an unedited hard knocks, I want a camera in that room day in and day out. Well, you didn't mention, what if P.J. Walker wins the job? P.J. Walker? Forget about yeah. P.J. Walker. Don't forget about P.J. Walker. That's Matt Rule's boy from Temple. Um, <laughs> I knew last year when they brought Cam Newton back, that was the saddest, most desperate, wrong. It, it just was so bad. It was so desperate. I'm so glad they did because I bet against them big that, that week. Because I'm like, there's no way you can just join a team and pull this off. You know, like a full week to prepare for Cam. They, like Cam, they're not beating a team. Cam can't. Cam's done. Like he was done. And they were like trying to just grasp and grasp. And it's like, where is the direction to your point? And at least now with Baker, you have a fearless guy. He's fearless. Where's that coming from, though, with Cam Newton? Is that that coming from the top? Is that coming from ownership? You know, David Tepper looking at empty seats and and then just saying, dude, bring back Cam. Oh, the guy that you kicked out the door the second you were our name coach. Like, bring him back because we need somebody to care about this damn team. It it was strange. It felt – it was so – it just felt wrong. I don't know where that comes from. It was desperate. You almost hope it did come from ownership. If you're the GM, because to be honest, if I was Scott Fitter, I I wouldn't want that as my answer to the owner. Like, hey, what if the owner says, what are we doing at quarterback? Hey, what do you think about bringing? I think we should bring back Cam Newton. If I'm the owner, I'd look at like, that's the best you got? That's the best you're coming at me with, Cam Newton? We you're talking established, about we established Cam is is done. You know we established that. That's the best you have. I, that if I was the owner, uh, so I guess what I'm saying is I hope it came from the ownership. 
I think I that's a to, bad look. Right? I mean, Scott Fitterer is, is a smart dude I like that Scott works for a, a well-run organization. Do you he know seems, him well? Mm-hmm. He's, I don't know him well, but I, I feel like I, I've been around Scott where I know he's a – I feel like he's a football guy, um, if that makes sense. You know, there's certain guys you just are like, yeah, he loves he loves it. He's in. They seem to – he seems to be doing a good job. I mean, I just don't know what that plan is at quarterback. And their assistant GM is a name that's come up on this podcast that right. our Buffalo listeners are familiar with. Dan Morgan, you know, a former Panthers great himself. He's been around competence. He's been around, you know, this Buffalo team and how they've been building. And I, I can't see him – you know, advocating for a cartoonish signing either, but at least now, you know, they had the time as an organization to come to this trade, this decision. And Hey, if you're, you've got to try, you've got to try. And they, they have done some good things. So mm-hmm. when you look at their defense, what do you like about their defense? Pass rush. Pass rush is real. I, Brian Burns. Burns. I like Burns. And then I think I actually did like Horn is a good Horn is a good corner. It's just to me, you passed up on a guy that could be your future franchise quarterback. But to get Horn back, he got hurt last year as well. I like that safety. Um uh Chin. Jeremy Chin. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. They Shaq have to Thompson is uh, one of the best linebackers in the sport. He just, get, he just gets nasty. Back to your point on analytics, it's I love analytics. I do. As a tool and a great way to measure and check yourself. But the number one thing that you want to find in every single football player is how much they love the game and how tough they are. I don't care regardless. And analytics can't do that. So to your point, you have to have that type of – that eye, that scout in you, like that. But yeah, anyway. So Carolina the guy, has some, Carolina has some more like labor. Yeah. yeah. Um, before I so rudely interrupted you, I wanted to ask. No, you I, I wanted to make sure I. That was my fault. <laughs> I, I threw you off there. I, I wanted to, the analytic thing. I wanted to throw in there. What would you do if you were in that front office? So, you know, if, if you're sitting there back in February and figuring out a plan after the, the, you know, the merry-go-round with PJ Walker and Cam Newton, and Sam Darnold, and you're on the hook for that money with Darnold and, you know, you know, job security is all on thin ice. Like what, what would you have done? And like you said, you were kind of familiar with this predicament in Buffalo where, I mean, the roster around the quarterback position was really good. Just like this roster may be pretty solid. So how would you have operated if you're running the Carolina Panthers? You're talking about this offseason? Right, like back, backtrack to – Backtrack you know, to when all the, the – I think at that point, P.J. Walker, go with it. You know, he, he let him let – him, like the Cam Newton thing was wrong. But let Walker, you know, and then you should have had a better, you know, at least bring somebody else in. And I'm sorry, I mean, in the end of the offseason, like if you're. I'm sorry, okay, so into the offseason. They drafted a quarterback. They, they did take one, which I like. Like they did have, you know, so they are showing that they're trying. 
And then they went and got Baker. So I, I can't say that I would do anything differently with the, how they approached it this year because they were a little handcuffed. And if they didn't love a quarterback, you know, where they were picking early, they still got one. You know, a guy that they are excited about. And that shows me something. That they, sh- they know Darnold's not the answer. And they go out and get Baker. So I don't hate – I really don't hate what they've done. I think I hate the fact that – like, I don't hate what they did this year. I just don't understand why that wasn't where the aggression was to get Justin Fields. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the one I look back on and say, why wasn't that your same mentality that you show that right now where, okay, hey, here's a quarterback that we think can help us. Let's go get him. They took one, drafted one, Baker, like that. A guy that is a proven that can win games in the NFL, Baker – and a rookie to develop. Great formula. I mean, it's the right formula to, to be in the, if you don't have a true guy, you know, you're hoping to hit on one of them. And, and that's why it doesn't hurt to think a year or two in advance, like you guys yeah. did. Where's the plan? Smart tips. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, hope exactly to stick around plan. to see through that plan. Yeah, it would have been nice to see what. <laughs> It would have been – that's one that would have been a fun – that would have been a fun – that would have been a fun one to be a part of. Well, it's nuts to look back at that 2018 draft now because nuts. who were the two guys with nuts. all of the question marks, you know, in the lead-up? It was Josh Allen, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. You know, Bill Pulliam's talking about Lamar being a wide receiver. Ravens Josh Allen is, I mentioned it every pod. They did. They did. But to your point, it's fascinating. Like, I wish so bad. And I didn't even study those guys like that. I was kind of like, I think I'm going to take the year off from watching football. That was right. I was too fresh. Here's a little nugget for our Bills listeners. The Bills, I was told, loved Baker Mayfield. Like, they were in on Baker Mayfield. If both Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen were available – I don't know if you've heard anything. Mm. You know, it's all hindsight. You, you hear different things. And, you know, the Bills deserve all the credit in the world for taking Josh Allen where they did, aggressively chasing him. He is maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. But if both were available, it's 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 kind of a mixture of things you hear and gut feeling. I, I, I think the Bills would have taken Baker Mayfield. I could probably find out. I think you should. It's pretty fascinating to think. I know. I know. And hey, things would have been great, right? I mean, they would have won with Baker Mayfield. This is a pro-Baker podcast. (laughs) That's why, man, that's why the draft is wild. It is. And, and right, like everybody's going to uh, have their own version of events. But everybody in that room knows the truth. And how things went down. That's the best part about it. Being in the draft room. Like there's always things where you just shake your head about and like that you people know. They can't talk about it. They don't want to talk. And they shouldn't. I mean that's part of the you deal. You want to speak up though, right? I mean, you tell me if you're in that draft room it, and you're confident in l- like liking a player, loving a player, or disliking or hating a player, 
like you, I would think you would need to speak up regardless of where you are on the totem pole, just so everybody knows, like it's documented. Like when my, my, when my ass is on the line and you're thinking about, you know, promoting me or firing me, let's not forget that moment where I said this about that player. Right. You would. Yeah. It happens every year and every, every area scout will always do that. Like, cause the great area scouts know their role where this is my, I'm being passionate about this. I think we should take him if he's there. If you don't, I support whoever you take, but I think you're crazy, <laughs> you know, like that. And then, and then it's out of your, then it's up the totem pole. Hmm. I mean, there's, yes, I've had plenty, plenty of those, plenty of those. Well, uh, is there any you'd like to bring up? Well, the bills was different because um, then we were actually the decision maker. So we have, <laughs> we see how some of that stuff worked. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah, you could, I could think about like with the saints. Um, I can remember just thinking that Cam Newton, I remember thinking that I was passionate about, but let's hope Carolina doesn't take Cam Newton because we're in their division, you know, and, and not everybody thought he was, that one I felt good about because there were question marks on him coming out. I mean, people weren't Laptop. sure about him. Yeah, which oh all I did was scout him and watch a horrible Auburn team win a national championship. I said, I don't know what else you need to see. I still can't believe you'd besmirch uh, Gene Chizik like that, you know, an, an all-time great of a coach. Gene Chizik, Ron Rivera, Sean McDermott. A lot of thank you notes to Mr. Cam. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if there's any, any but, uh, yeah. player in sports that can have a Midas touch like nailing quarterback. And I mean, look at the guys who drafted Baker Mayfield. You had John Dorsey as GM, Elliot Wolf as assistant GM. Um, as we wrote, Scott McLuhan was uh, consulting and doing a lot of work. And he worked with John Dorsey for a number of years. And yeah, Scott and Dorsey go back. Dor- Dorsey and Wolf aren't not there anymore. And it was supposed to be magical. Right after that rookie season, they then you've got you've got Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. It's a it's a dream team situation, and oh, Freddie Kitchens. I mean, we got to admit when we we're wrong on this podcast and that that's another case where I, I thought that was going to work with Freddie kitchens. Right. I mean, as a play caller Baker's rookie year, there was that play like late in the season. It was so weird. Like remember like B- Baker Mayfield kind of like flipped it to himself in the air. Yes. And then, yes. And then threw it. He, I mean, he was feeling it. And he's such a front runner that way as a co- as a quarterback, when he's feeling it, he, he threw 27 touchdowns. And Freddie's calling plays. They finally get rid of the stench that was Hugh Jackson as their head coach. And then everything just fell apart. And, and then they make the playoffs the year after that. So, I don't know. I kind of went off on a tangent there. It's uh, No, I was I was more laughing thinking about the whole Hugh Jackson. I, I talked to somebody that recently left Cleveland, and he was telling me some stories. <laughs> oh, Yeah. It just it's they had no chance. Well, it starts with ownership, and Jimmy Haslam has has not been before. ownership GM coach tied together quarterback. Hmm. And That's that ownership about. that ownership seems like a shit show. 
I mean, we, I'm glad that we spent this much time on Carolina because we've talked a lot about Cleveland, but where in the, where in the hell do the Browns go? It's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't care what happens to them. I'm kind of over it. Like it's just, the whole thing is just ugly. It does make, it makes me want, maybe I really want Baker to have a good year in Carolina. Week one, they play each other. Love it. I think the, uh, aren't the Browns paying Baker Mayfield something like $500,000 to, to try to beat them in a game? <laughs> I, th- I mean, really, when you work out the numbers, it's something like that. He actually, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> I didn't even think that's really good. And it's just so, it, it was such a strange, strange trade from smart football people, which makes me think ownership had its fingerprints all over this. Again, that chase of relevancy and living in the doldrums for most of two decades. It can make you do squirrely things, unethical things, um, morally challenging things in this case. And I get it. Like, it sounds like the NFL would love to, I mean, if it was up to the NFL with this punishment, they they probably would love to just make it indefinite to prove a point, but they have been able reportedly to bring substantive, like Deshaun Watson forcibly did this to this. And so I think all signs, at least right now, while we're taping this point to a 20, 22 year long suspension, but then even then that's, that's a full season. And then you're talking two seasons in a row that he hasn't played football. What does he even have after all of that? You know, at the price that Deshaun Watson came with, it's, I mean, this is a potentially franchise ruining decision, which is really saying something for the Cleveland Browns because they made a few of those over the years. And what if they get rid of uh, the coach after this year? And then Deshaun, if he doesn't play this year, then he has to learn another offense. Not how you build. Not how you build. That is not how you build. Not to sustain success. Unless Jacoby Brissett turns the corner. Man, he fools (laughs) people. Bill Parcells loved that guy. Did he? Yeah. The reason I remember that is... He was at, he threw, Brissett threw at this, it was this local, this pro day down in um, at Florida Atlantic. There was a receiver the Vikings took from Germany. He was coming over from Germany to work out. So we fly, fly down there to, you know, see him. And uh, yeah, twist my arm. I had to leave Buffalo. And I think that was in February to go down to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, it's a damn um, shame. But anyway, Brissett threw at the workout. You know, he was NC State's quarterback. I mean, he was a known guy, but he was kind of, you know, we had mid-round where he was is what we thought, but Parcells was there. And he was there to kind of talk about him. He had some type of history of following him in high school. And he hit, Parcells has some formula for quarterbacks and it has to do with like years played, starts, completions, I think all that stuff. And Brissett hit some of those numbers, I think. So it was just one of those things that Parcell started talking. It, it, as soon as he mentioned it, then Brissett all of a sudden became like the – boy, he's he's not very good, though. No. 
no, I, mean, that, I, can, I mean, it's like he's had plenty of opportunities. New England, Indy, Miami. Um, but you, you brought up just, you know, Parcells' system for grading quarterbacks. This is what I meant to bring up earlier. I mean, I can't say it enough how much I love your system, Jim. And I mean, it's, it's, we should just call it what the, the Monus system. <laughs> and we're going to lean it's, into it heavy this season, but I'm going to do it again, but it's, it's, it's not it's just, just grade the throw, but it com- it combines, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of j- just the, the ripe, perfect amount of analytic stuff that you mm-hmm. need into a, a position and a game that is more about just mm-hmm. making plays in clutch situations and, and being a guy and, I, for for people who don't know how you come to that point system, just kind of d- detail it here because we'll have it, it through it, this year. I don't want to go too much into it, it, but it's pretty basic where you're just grading every throw and the difficulty of the throw. And then was it a great throw, a good throw, you know, a no point throw or a poor, you know, a poor accurate throw, um, interceptions, obviously. So just, those just the big, you know, positive, negative point system basically. And it just keeps it all relevant and running the ball. You can get points. So that's why like for me, Lamar, Lamar's always up there. I mean, he's up there. He's so it could be a, you know, a plus one, a minus one, a plus two. Is he, it just he, one and two? Do you ever go three? If it's so, so particularly so, ridiculous. So I've thought about this a lot and this is where it can get to answer your question. No. And the reason why is, it can skew it too much and it becomes a little judgmental to say, you know, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to keep it where it's not too judgmental. Look, that was a great throw, two points, you know, and not to say it was a rare throw, which you're going to see every now and then, but I think it could skew the, a little bit. I had, listen, it's not, it, look, this might, it's a system that works for me. But um, I want brains behind my system. I want, I want yeah. somebody who has been a scout like yourself for yeah. the better part there's, of two decades. I have a rhyme and reason to it. Exactly. There's, there needs to be um, some type of editorialness to it, some opinion mm-hmm. to it, somebody that's judging what, what what's a good play or a bad play and not just something a computer spits out. And you're doing that for every snap of every quarterback. You know, I did it. Add it I, mean, I was doing it for all those back. I did it for P.J. Walker. And, I mean, I was watching it. I was like, oh. It was brutal. And at the end of the season, you know, there, there might be something that surprises an observer, it's, but I will tell you a like, reflection. The, the one guy that, that I was waiting to see on as far as not to be too judgmental was Tua, um, where he never was, he never graded, you know, he wasn't too high, but he hasn't really low yet. He, he still has a chance off, off what I've seen a little bit. Has a chance. Why don't we end it there? Because I feel like yeah. Tua Tunga Viola is a player that we will be getting around to at Go Long. We need to. Oh, good. Very interesting. Good, good, good. I hope you do. That's okay, good. All right. That's that going to do what I think for this pod. Um, if you're listening before Saturday, it's a perfect time to subscribe. We've got Wyatt Teller on the next Go Long Zoom happy hour, 4 p.m. Eastern Saturday. 
the Cleveland Browns whiskey drinking, alligator hunting, sternum breaking, badass of a <laughs> Pro Bowl guard. He is I can't wait for people to see and hear the same Wyatt Teller I did down in Ohio for that story we did, Jim. Yeah. It was a wild experience. He, his mind moves a hundred miles an hour and his mouth keeps up. It was, it's a lot like hanging out with Jeremy Shockey for that, for the book I did. I mean, where it's, you just, you just, it's I'm high energy you. and you're, and you're just trying to keep up and he's, he's going to have the whiskey ready. We'll, we'll all hang out virtually so it's just for paid subscribers. So if you don't subscribe, go long td.com upgrade. You get full access to all of the zoom happy hours. We want you to have the chance to uh, hang out with these players like we do. So let's all hang out and get to know each other a bit. Eh? Are you able to join Jim? I didn't even ask you. Travel. It's going to get you, man. Hey, duty. Travel calls. with the two year travel with the two year old. You know what? I think you just kind of uh, bring bring him in the fold, bring Walter into the fold, and you know, break him in. A Wyatt Teller happy hour. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you then, and thanks so much for listening, sharing, uh, leaving a rating review. We we greatly appreciate it. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>